Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. watch pan's labyrinth i did yes even though we've already seen the two main costumes for the fawn and for the pale man mm -hmm. at the uh, guillermo del toro exhibit at lacma at lacma yeah. yeah which i didn't even piece together until just now that he also had alice in wonderland art there mm -hmm. and this is sort of like a spanish alice in wonderland in a way it is kind of, yeah. Yeah. Where she has to like do stuff in order to get home. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very dark. Yeah. It's kind of extremely sad. dark. <laughs> Pretty and, sad. Yeah. Super sad, actually. Incredibly sad. I'm taking it that your interpretation of the ending is that uh, she died. Yeah. <laughs> she dead. I feel like she thought, like, as she was dying, she thought that she succeeded. Yeah. But she just died. The movie is about a an 11-year-old girl named Ophelia who loves fairy tales. Mm -hmm. Her father was a tailor and died in the war. In the war. Uh, this takes place in the 40s in Spain. Mm -hmm. Her mom ended up... Marrying. Yeah, marrying this captain... The yeah. Spanish captain who is trying to get rid of all the rebels. Yeah, the gorillas. Yeah, the gorillas. And um, it seems like the mom is just sort of like very practical, like, hey, this is what we need to do in order to survive. Yeah, like, I need to be married. I can't just be like, I mean, 40s. In the 40s, like, women didn't work. There was no place for women at the workplace. So it's like you well, had to get married. she end up taking over her husband's uh, She did because it was like. He was a tailor, so, like, sewing was kind of considered, like, a woman, like, women's work, sort yeah. of. As it is. As it is. Thank you. Whatever. You brat. <laughs> but her husband, I guess, used to tailor his uniforms, the this captain's uniforms. Right. So that's how they met, and then they were married. Because I'm sure, like, at the time, it was one of those things where it's, like, it's really hard to be an unwed mother. Because she has a daughter, too. Yeah. So she's pregnant. Like, at the beginning of the movie, she's having, like, a difficult pregnancy where she feels really sick. There are definitely little signs in the movie that this is all a fantasy that's in her head. Mm -hmm. Like, the shape of her bed. I don't know if you noticed this, but Ophelia's bed. Mm -hmm. The headboard kind of looks like the fawn's horns. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
So there are like little visual keys to kind of mm-hmm. show you that this is a completely made up world of hers. Yeah. To kind of cope with the gritty reality of her situation. Yeah. And yeah, it's a very bleak fairy tale, but it is still a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, that girl. What a great actress. Amazing actress. She's so good. You know, because she she's 11 years old. Yeah. She's. Well, all the acting in this is really phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Doug Jones, who is your go to skinny guy, skinny guy to play monsters. Yeah. Does not speak Spanish. No, really. Had to kind of basically memorize phonetically. Phonetically. All, of his, all of his lines. Yeah. He was the only English speaking person on the set <gasps> and wow. Guillermo del Toro was the only bilingual person on the set. Wow. So yeah. he really was like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't really talk to anybody except for Guillermo del Toro unless yeah. he's there to like translate, which is kind of like a neat, subtle thing that it kind of, that it makes the two characters he plays seem otherworldly just mm-hmm. because he was Sort Literally of, yeah, from a different world, yeah. yeah. Than everyone else on the set. Yeah, all the acting in this, even the captain was just the captain was terrifying. Just the into- like as soon as you as soon as you see him, you're like, oh, he's terrifying. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, he's the bad guy. Like even though they're driving up, and he, you know, she's like, you know, I want you to call him your dad. It's just a word. <laughs> blah blah blah. As soon as I saw him, I was like, oh no, he's not a good man. <laughs> Right. He's absolutely horrifying. And he's a total shitbag. Like, he's the enemy for sure. The scene where he bashes in the one guy's face. (gasps) Yeah, it's like a farmer and his son have been caught because they were, like, in the woods hunting rabbit. And the his, whatever, um, soldiers brought them, saying that they were spies. And he asked them, like, two questions. He's like, were you hunting rabbit? And they're like, yeah. He's like, that's what my dad says we were doing. That's what we were doing. Like, we were hunting a rabbit. And then he just grabs a bottle and smashes the son's face in, like, caves in his nose to kill him. hmm And then just shoots the dad in the head. Yeah. And then continues to go through their bags and then finally finds two rabbits. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, it's awful. The special effects in that scene, though, were just so, like... The special effects in the entire movie. Yeah. With a lot of the, like, injuries... Well, were, I think... There, there were some CG moments where the CG wasn't as seamless as Like I'd the remembered. bugs? Yeah, Like the, the bug bugs. in the beginning looked a little too CG. It wasn't quite as, um... It didn't blend seamless. quite yeah, as... Yeah, it wasn't as seamless as mm-hmm. you would... Yeah. But, I mean, almost everything else looked really great. Like, yeah. the scene where he has to sew the side of his face back together, because mm-hmm. um, Mercedes, like, puts a knife in his mouth and then slices, like, the side of his mouth open, like, Joker style. Yeah. And he has to sew it back up, like, himself. He Like, I think we decided that he probably had a prosthetic on, and then they use CG to touch it up yeah to make it look like you could see the inside Inside of his his mouth mouth. oh that was really good and so brutal like holy shit maribel verdu 
played Mercedes mm-hmm. and is really great. She's also in Itu Mama Tambien. Oh, okay. I, have you ever seen that? I have not, but I, I know it was a really great film. Yeah, it's a it's a very sexy Very sexy film. film. Yeah. We'll have to watch that sometime. I saw it once a long, long time ago, mm-hmm. and I do not really remember it okay. very well at all. Other well, I'd, than I'd love to watch it. Yeah. Uh, Diego Luna is in it. Oh, and, I like him. Uh, Gail Garcia, Garcia Bernal, Bernal. Mm-hmm. is in it, too. So Yeah, I like yeah. the both of them. Those. Yeah. yeah. I saw Gail uh, Garcia Bernal in, um, what was it, The Science of Sleep or something like that? It was um, kind of a... I guess experimental sort of movie. It was very abstract. Okay. Um, but he was really good in it. He okay. just plays like this awkward guy who has a crush on his neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it cuts to these moments like where he's in his head and it, it looks like a cartoon. It's kind of crazy oh. looking, but it's good. Like I liked it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Oh, it probably came out in like oh, f- early, early like two thousands. Okay, I'm not seeing it on his IMDb, but. Oh, Gail Garcia Bernal. Yeah. Hmm. The Science of Sleep? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. It came out in 2006. Charlotte Gainsbourg. Yeah. Gainsbourg. Yeah. Gainsbourg. She's in all the, um, what's his name? Who did Antichrist? What's yeah. his name? Lars von Trier. Yeah. She's in like all his movies. And I like Lars von Trier, but. I can never watch Antichrist ever again. Mm -mm. I watched it one Mm -mm. time and you were like, it's really, it's fucked up. I'm like, yeah, but I really liked Melancholia. And you're like, Allison, no, like it's fucked up. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. And so I watched it. Like, I think when you were, it was back when we were living in our apartment in Canton. And uh, I think you were out of town for the weekend. So I watched it alone and I was like, (laughs) I'm so upset. Yeah, it's a movie that just starts off rough and gets even rougher. It's fucking awful. And I mean, it's, it's a just, great movie. But it's a it's, great movie, but I never want to see it again. Yeah. Ever. Lars von Trier makes a lot of one and done movies. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I've seen this once. No, I, I don't I'm need done. to see it anymore. Yeah. No, it's brutal from start to finish. There is a Lars von Trier movie on my list for this podcast. What is it? Dancer in the Dark. It's the one with Bjork. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Mm. I really liked Melancholia, though, and I've been able to watch that a few times. Of course you have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your middle name is Melancholia. No, it's Lee. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess what's kind of interesting is that, like, Lars von Trier does particularly, like, brutal things in his film. And, like, so does Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. But he does it with kind of um, a whimsy. Because he did the movie Mama, right? Guillermo del Toro with um, the two girls who were... There's a playfulness about Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. We saw Crimson Peak. And even though it's very dark, it's still sort of magical because of the, like, the inventions and things like that. But there's also these incredibly brutal scenes. Like when someone kills the uh, what's-your-face's dad in the bathhouse yeah because that one too was like uh, 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 so upsetting i guess like the quick summary of the movie is this girl has to go live with her new stepfather her mom's pregnant but it's having a difficult time she doesn't get along with the stepdad at the same time there's um a spy that's kind of within this group couple couple doctor and mercedes the doctor and uh, mercedes are the spies 
that are um, giving information and supplies to the guerrillas because Mercedes's brother is one of the soldiers and blah, blah, blah. So Ophelia, Ophelia kind of escapes into this yeah, she labyrinth. Meets a little fairy at the beginning mm-hmm. that kind of urges her to go into this labyrinth. And she finds the fawn. She finds the fawn who tells her that she is a princess mm-hmm. who has returned and he needs her to do a few favors. Complete some tasks in yeah. order to prove that she hasn't become mortal. Right. So she has to get a gold key out of a frog. Which she does. And she has to get a knife from the pale man. Mm-hmm. Which she does, yeah. but she's not supposed to eat or drink anything because he's sitting at this giant banquet table. Yeah. And that like every third item was jello. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot <laughs> was of jello. Weird. It was a lot of jello. Um, I was like, it's a shame she isn't supposed to eat any of this because there's always room for it. There's always room for jello. But she ends up eating two grapes and the uh, pale man kills two of the fairies that she's with. Yeah. Um, you know how they did that effect? How? I mean, obviously the fairies were CG. Yeah. But how they did all the blood and everything. No, how did they do it? They that? filled two condoms up with fake blood. And Doug Jones had to basically bite into the condoms and rip them apart to get all the blood to splatter all That's over. That's nasty. Yeah, it's pretty cool, though. I mean, it looks great, but it's it's the Pale Man is so scary, too. Yeah, he doesn't have any eyes on his face, but there are two eyeballs sitting on, on a, a plate, plate in front of him. And he basically plucks them into eye sockets on the palm of his yeah. hands. Yeah. And then holds his hands up, palms out with his fingers out. Up to where, like, eyes would be. Mm. And that's how he... Like, it's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's also just, like... He's, he's like, naked, but his skin is all hanging, sort of. Like, he's very thin and tall. We saw the costume um, at the LACMA exhibit, which was... It looked amazing. What makes those creatures even creepier, both him and the fawn, are their legs, too. Like, the fawn has very large, you know, like goat legs. Like like goat legs, yeah. And But they're kind of made of, like, earth and, like, twigs mm -hmm. and vines and stuff. So they look like he's kind of sprouting out of the earth. Yeah. And Doug Jones was on stilts for that, and they just Mm -hmm. kind of CG'd out his legs. But everything that was there... That you can see mm-hmm. was actually there. Wow. All they did was CG removal of his legs. That's really cool. And I think for the pale man, they just kind of CG made his legs more slender. Yeah. 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 Because he was so creepy in both. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. Like, because, and I mean, like, the fawn has, you know, a lot of lines. Well, sort of. Like, has the most lines. Mm. Where the pale man... Doesn't, doesn't say it doesn't have any. He's just there and mm. is so scary. The fawn also tries to help Ophelia because her mom is getting really sick. So he tells her, like, put this mandrake in this bowl of milk under your mother's bed and give it two drops of blood every day and your mom will start to feel better. And then she does. But then the captain catches her and is furious and her mom throws the mandrake in the fire and... Then she has to give birth to this baby and childbirth kills her. Yeah. So now her mother is dead and she's stuck here with this man who hates her. Yeah. Only really wanted a son. Yeah. And now has that. 
So she kind of bonds with Mercedes. You know, Mercedes is kind of like very motherly towards her. Yeah, she lets Mercedes know that she knows Mercedes is the spy, Mm -hmm. but she's not going to tell on her because she doesn't want anything bad to happen to Mercedes. Yeah. And Mercedes feels the same in that she doesn't want anything bad to happen to Ophelia. Unfortunately, (laughs) Mercedes is found out and the doctor is found out after they capture the the stuttering guy, one of the gorillas. Yeah. The doctor's death scene. It's It's so so sad. It's so well done, but it's it's so sad. He gets shot in the back and it's almost like he's stunned and doesn't realize Realize what happened but you just so he just kind of like checks his glasses and just goes down yeah like you can see the um the blood kind of blossom on his shirt Mm -hmm. because he's wearing like a black suit but he has a white shirt on and you see it just slowly creep up from his vest like the blood yeah oh my god because he well he goes in there and they're like so we have this guy, we've been torturing him. Can you help him so that we can continue torturing him, basically? So he goes in there, and the guy's like, who knows that the doctor's the spy is like, can you just please kill me? So he does. He's like, okay. So he injects him with something that kills him. Right. But the captain has already figured out that the doctor's the spy. Too. Yes, because they discovered antibiotics at one of the gorilla's campsites. Camp, yeah. And then realizes that the doctor has the same uh, antibiotic vial on him, and realizes that it's him. He's one of the spot. He's one of the spies. So the doctor's like, "Why did you do?" Or the captain asks the doctor, "Why did you kill him?" And he's like, "Because I, I'm not going to be like you and follow orders. Yeah, I know we're wrong." And he starts to, and he turns and just walks away from him, and then the captain just shoots him in the back. Yeah, <sighs> blitzkrieg so, bop style. Yeah, it's a lyric for. Let's scream Bob. Shoot him in the back now. It's so sad. Oh, what they want, I don't know. <laughs> All revved up and ready to go. Yeah, forming in a straight line. Going through a tight line. The kids are losing their mind. <laughs> okay. I'm Let's Rig Bob. You're cute. So after that, he figures out that Mercedes is also a spy. Or no, he discovers she's a spy because she takes off. Like, she realizes that... Um, the doctor's been killed, so she is like, I gotta get the hell out of here. And Ophelia sees her and is like, please, please just take me with you. I don't want to stay here. So they start to walk down the creek bed together and the captain and all of his soldiers catch her. So he's about to start torturing her. But you notice like it, like through the film, she has a knife that she tucks into her apron all the time. Right. So he has her tied up and he's just alone with her. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then she, uh, like, as his back is turned, she gets herself out of her restraints by cutting the um, rope off of her. And then she stabs him in the back, stabs him in the front, puts the knife in his mouth and just slices his whole cheek open. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't she kill him? Yeah, that is like the dumbest thing. Uh, I hate it when movies can go completely differently if one character just makes one better choice. Yeah. But. but She wasn't really a killer. No, she wasn't a killer. But what did happen is that as she's fleeing and the other soul, he's like, get her, you know, like, because he comes out of the, the store shed or whatever. And he's like, get her. And he's all bloody. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, she fucked him up. She leads them into the woods where the gorillas circle them. And she's fine. Like, the gorillas end up killing most of, you know, his, like, top officers. 
which is kind of good. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, it's great. You still want the captain to be dead. Yeah. So the fawn comes back. The fawn comes back, is really mad at her for not listening to the instructions. But after her mom dies and, you know, everything that happens, he's like, I'll give you another chance. Here's what you have to do. You have to get your brother and meet me at the labyrinth. So they go there, but then the captain finds her talking to the fawn, except for he can't the fawn see. isn't there. Yeah. yeah, he can't see the fawn. Yeah. Because he's probably just a figment of her imagination. Yeah. And so, you know, she's holding the baby, and he's like, give me your brother. And she's like, no. But because she's a little girl, <laughs> he just takes the baby from her and shoots her. Yeah. She's 11. Yep. So he just shoots her in the stomach and then just starts to walk back out of the labyrinth. Well, while this is happening, the gorillas are attacking their camp, basically, Mm -hmm. and winning. And so by the time he walks out of the labyrinth, all of the gorillas are standing there just ready to kill him. And so he hands over the baby to Mercedes and he goes, this is my son. Take him. And... There's this whole kind of thread, like, that starts at the beginning that says, like, you know, your dad died in battle and he smashed his watch. So, and said, you know, I give this to my son. I want him to know the hour that I died. So, he has the watch in his hands, too. And he's about to give this whole speech about, like, I'm going to smash my watch, give it to my son. So, he knows when I died. And Mercedes goes, no. Like, he starts to say it, and she goes, no, he won't even know your name. And then they shoot him in the face, like, right in the yeah, cheek. right in the cheek. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. But here's the other thing, is that I remember when we watched Crimson Peak that um, Tom Hiddleston gets stabbed in the face, too. Oh. Yeah, like, I don't Guillermo del Toro has a thing about face wounds. Yeah, like, she's, like, um, I forget who the other woman is in it, but it's his sister, and she's mad at him because they've been having this, like, incestuous affair. And Hot. it's gross. Hot. But he's about to, like, leave his sister for his wife. Insane. I know. I know. Gross. <laughs> gross. Stay with your sister, man. She's flesh and blood. Cool. So she is like, I can't believe you would leave me. I can't believe you would choose someone else. So she stabs him in the face. <laughs> like, right in the face. Yeah. And I, it was it's so shocking because you're like... The face? Like, what? Yeah, and Guillermo del Toro has done a very good job of finding people who master the effects of face wounds. Really does, because yeah. the way that, like, they shoot they shoot the captain in the face, and at first he's just stunned, and then, like, you can see the eye on that side get bloody oh, and roll yeah, back yeah. in his head. It's the subtle details of that, too. Like, his eye gets bloodshot, and oh. And then just rolls back, and then he falls. Like, the other eye is not doing that. It's so I know. scary. <laughs> so, the girl who played Ophelia mm-hmm. um, is Ivana Baquero. Who's and, amazing. Yep, yeah, she's still working. She In Spain? Yeah. She uh she ended up being a by the time Pan's Labyrinth came out, she was already a veteran. <laughs> like was she? it's her like sixth movie. Oh wow. But she's in a TV series called Um High Seas, which um 
looks like it's a, probably a Spanish show. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not really familiar with it. Um, yeah, it, the original title is Altamar. And then she was also in another uh, series called the Shannara Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, she's she's still working quite a bit. So good, good on her. That's great. Made the transition from child, child. star to yeah. uh, adult adult star. That's yeah. great. She's really good in this. She like, is. Her death scene is so fucking sad because, like, you know, she gets shot. And then, you know, they kill the captain and Mercedes is like running into the labyrinth to try and find her. And then they find her, you know, like just at the mouth of the opening of the labyrinth and she's laying on her side. And it's the first shot of the movie actually is her laying there bleeding to death. Right. But then they um, they shoot it in reverse. So you see all of her blood going back inside of her mm-hmm. until this shot when you see it all coming out. And she kind of hallucinates that she has gone to be queen, you know, princess of the underworld. And the king is there welcoming her back. And her mother is there. And uh, the fawn comes out and is like, you passed the test. You know, you wouldn't shed the blood of of an innocent one. Because that's what the fawn wants her to do with her brother. Is, yeah, like kill her brother. Yeah, kill her brother in order to, you know, get back into the underworld. And she won't do it. There were two stick bugs used for um, the fairy when it is just a stick bug. Mm-hmm. They are credited at the end as Cheech and Chong. <laughs> and it says, may they rest in peace. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they probably don't live that long. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I remember when this came out because it won a lot of awards during award season, I think. Like it did really well because it did had, you know, really great special effects and did it win like best foreign language um, at the Oscars that year or something like that? Because what year did it come out? It came out in 2006. Okay. Yes, it was nominated for best foreign language film, but it mm. did not win. Okay. But it did win best cinematography, best art direction, best makeup that year at Good. the Academy Awards. That's um, what it was. The original score, which is largely just fairy tales. Yeah. Or uh, lullabies. Yeah. Uh, that also uh, was nominated. Nice. It was also nominated for Best Original Screenplay. When the studio wanted to make it, they wanted Guillermo del Toro to make it in English, but he would not compromise. I think that's kind of a great move because it's set in Spain. And I kind of hate it when movies are supposed to be set in a certain place, but everyone's just speaking English. Yeah. <laughs> Like, um, there was a movie called Downfall that came out early 2000s. It was about um, the last days of Hitler. And it was entirely in German. Mm. And people were complaining. They're like, it's totally subtitled. It's, like, so hard to watch it. I'm like, yeah, but it's it's about people in Germany. Like, why wouldn't it be in German? Right. It did win a BAFTA that year for Best Foreign Language Film. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, I know it did really well that year, like, awards Which they're, they're a little bit more PC in England. Their category is called Best Film Not in the English Language. Oh. <laughs> nice. Nice, nice. Yep. I really liked it. I realize it's supposed to be a fairy tale, mm-hmm. um, but it's pretty brutal. Like, yeah. Guillermo del Toro takes you right up to the edge of, like, gore without mm-hmm. really going all the way over. Like yeah. the scene well, where I they think have what to. What it is is the whimsy that he has mm-hmm. in his work too. 
Ivana Baquero was also uh, won a Golden Globe that year for Best New Actress. Did she? Yeah. Oh, good for her. Even though, like I said, she had six roles. Yeah, exactly. This was her sixth role. Well, yeah. I mean, she was, you know, cons- I'm sure she was just, it was, she was considered a new actress in the United States. Yeah. yeah. But she, yeah, she was great. And the woman who played Mercedes was, those were my, and the doctor, those were like my favorites. Yeah. In the movie. The fawn was the thing I liked about the fawn is if you didn't know if he was a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah. Even his look, like even though he was like whimsical looking, you still weren't sure. Like, is he really trying to help her or is he trying to deceive her? Like, you don't really know. Yeah, because there is the line that Mercedes has earlier when um, mm-hmm. Ophelia tells her about the fawn. Yeah. And Mercedes says, "Oh." I used to believe in those when I was a kid. I I was always told not to trust them. Yes, exactly. Like that they might be tricksters or, or something like that. So I liked that too, that there was that. I The thing that I also like about Guillermo del Toro's films, generally speaking, is that he doesn't um, try to beat you over the head with stuff. He will leave some things up to interpretation. Yeah. Like, I think the end can be interpreted a few different ways. Like, I took it as that she dies and that as she's dying, she thinks she's gotten into the underworld as Mm. the princess. But you could also say that she had to die to go there, you know? Like, it's... She had to shed her mortal coil. But then how did her brother get there? I didn't see her brother. Oh, was he not? No, he wasn't wasn't there. there. Yeah, maybe because everyone that was yeah because her it's parents because she are there. wouldn't it's because she wouldn't kill oh, him yeah that that's why they let her in so it yeah. could really go either way that is more hopeful yeah that yeah. you know she had to die in order to go back to be princess of the underworld yeah I like it I'm really glad that you liked this I did a lot it was. I can't believe that it took us this long I know. to get you to watch it. I feel like since we started dating, you're like, oh, we should we should really watch Pan's Labyrinth. I'm like, yeah, totally. We should do that. Definitely at least since we went to that art exhibit. Yes. <laughs> I've been saying it. Which yeah. was, what, four years ago? If not longer, yeah. Four or five years ago. I think it was four and a half, maybe five. Okay, yeah. Because that exhibit was around the time of our fifth anniversary. Mm-hmm. It's a traveling exhibit. Well, it at least was a traveling mm-hmm. exhibit. If it goes to a, a museum near you, I highly recommend. Yeah, because it's his personal collection of everything that he keeps in his own home. Well, he has a second house. He, he does, yeah. yeah. He has a second house. That, yeah. I can't remember the name of his second house, but it's, yeah, it's just for his collection. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, he stays there sometimes, you know, like um, one of the things that he had was like a window that mimics a storm outside because right. he said he likes writing while it's storming out. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe that's the place that he stays when he's working. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He also had like these, he had a latex rubber duplicate of Reagan from the exorcist that sits in a chair. Mm-hmm. And it just looks like her. You're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. He has a very cool collection. He has a very cool, and he has a lot of like original art. He had the original concept artwork from Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. So he had like the original concept artwork of the Cheshire Cat. And I almost started crying. I was like, oh my God. I was really hoping when he had retweeted me, mm-hmm. when I tweeted the picture of you looking at that picture, that, uh, I could have developed a friendship with him just to see. 
Just to look at his collection in person. Just so we can be friends and be like, hey. Just be like, hey, guy. Hey, bud. We don't want anything. We just want to be your friend. (laughs) So Guillermo del Toro, if you're listening, we're huge fans and we want to be your friend. You don't have to do anything. Just let us hang out with you sometimes. (laughs) He's like, definitely not. (laughs) You weirdos. We are not asking for much. Just your best friendship. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I feel like everything of his that I've seen, I've loved. Yeah. I can't think of some things I like more than others. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, like Shape of Water. I love Shape of Water. I did not watch Shape of Water because I know that the fish man kills Richard Jenkins' cat. And that makes me really sad. Did you know that Guillermo del Toro is the executive producer of Puss in Boots, Kung Fu Panda 2, and Kung Fu Panda 3. Seriously? Isn't that kind of awesome? That's amazing. Yeah. Now that I think about it, it kind of doesn't surprise me because, you know, he was like a, a Alice in Wonderland fan. Yeah. Like, that's sort of amazing. Awesome. Yeah. He's really great. I love his work. Yeah. And I like that he's also like, I love that he made this movie and that he made it in Spanish, even though, like, perhaps it would have been, at least in the States, like a more commercial success. Mm-hmm. I love that he, like, stuck to it and was like, no, it takes place in Spain. We're doing it in Spanish. Yeah. Like, I love that. I have never seen his first movie, Kronos. But I haven't it either. has been in our queue, I think Hulu, maybe. Oh, yeah, I think it is. For quite some time. And I really want to dive in and finally watch yeah, it. Yeah, let's watch it. Just because, yeah, everything I've seen of his, I have enjoyed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Next year, he's doing Pinocchio for Netflix. <gasps> Is he really? Yeah, that should be interesting. I'm excited to see his take on that. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. All right. All right. Well, Pan's Labyrinth, we both enjoyed quite we a bit. We did. It was, it was great. I highly recommend, if you haven't seen it, to go and see it. And I feel like even if you listened to this podcast before you watched it, you will still really enjoy the visual. They had to put up warnings in Spain to let people know that it wasn't a kid's movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not a kid's movie <laughs> at all. Yeah. yeah. So uh, thank you, as always, yeah. for listening to You Made Me Watch. Uh, join our Facebook group. Yeah. Let us know what you thought about Pan's Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Allison and I both appreciate you very, very much. We really do. We're having so much fun making this, and it's really exciting that people are enjoying it. Yeah. I've had friends tell me really uh, mm-hmm. sweet things about this, how they yeah. like that we <laughs> give each other <laughs> a hard time and then always end it with, I love you. I do. I love you. Well, you should. Because I introduced you to Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. I love you for other reasons. I love you in spite of the fact that you made me watch the sweetest thing. Oh, my God. You're never going to let. I just listened to the episode because I was like, I wonder how that turned out because it's been so long since we recorded it. You fucking hated it so much. (laughs) Like, I forgot how much you hated it. I'm sorry. If we didn't have a baby, I would have divorced you. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't. You still Don't think of ever cool. make me watch a movie that bad again. <laughs> I can't make any promises. <laughs> I went that good. <sighs> well, you're in luck because I don't think there are any movies as bad as the sweetest <laughs> Oh, thing. my God. 
I stand by it. I still liked it. I love you. I love you too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.